Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. What's happening, Derek? Well, it's been a busy couple months, but... uh, It has been. You've had a secret. I I have. I have. You've had a secret. (laughs) So as people listen to this, as the... uh, as this podcast is released Thursday, it uh, my house is actually on the market that day. So if anybody wants to buy a house yeah. in downtown Bowmanville. Check it out. That has been previously owned by a podcast star. There you are. Yeah. I can, re- I can even release the address because I'm, I don't live there anymore. And ooh, you should go back and like sign the door. <laughs> if anybody wants an autographed house. <laughs> I did hide stuff in the walls occasionally. Bodies. But you'd have to rip the walls. <laughs> yes. Bags of weed. <laughs> Just not the weed you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> stuff from the backyard. So, yeah, if you want to check out uh, Casa del Derek, then uh, it's at 5 Church Street in Bowville. Check it out. Check it Yeah. And buy my house. Spend buy, lots of money on buy it. Buy it. Buy it. <laughs> buy it. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a busy couple months. It's... Uh, Finishing all the little projects, you know, projects that sit that you sit on for like months. I'll do or years. one day. Yeah, so it's it's all done. It's all done. And now that it looks so great, all finished. I want to keep it. You want to keep it now? I was buying lottery tickets on the way here to uh, to record because uh, I want to win the lotto and uh, I want to keep the house. I'm going to keep the house. <laughs> I want to Airbnb it. What are you going to buy with your money? My house. <laughs> 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 so would you have to pay your wife the money? No. Or would you have to pay you the money? They'd have to pay me the money. And your would you? The new house you? is under both our names, but the old house is only under my name. <laughs> <laughs> when you buy the old house from yourself, yeah. would you have to go through a real estate agent? <laughs> <laughs> well, I already do have a real estate agent to sell it. So I'd have to... Uh, it would Fire be re- them? It would be really rude to say, nah, I'm pulling it. Yeah, I'm pulling the here. listing. Yeah, we're not selling it now. <laughs> With everything you made us do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You had to do a lot. I did. Because it's, it's not like the good old days where you just like, oh, yeah, here, I'm going to sell my house, take a couple of pictures, here it is, throw a sign on the front. Yeah, I know, right? On the front lawn and it's let people drag people through. Primped and staged and it's like new carpet, new floor, new Half paint. your stuff is out. Yeah. most storage. Three, three quarters of my stuff is out. Yeah, it's kind of insulting with the interior decorator, the... Woman comes oh, look says, at your stuff. Uh, it I, looks I, like I want, crap. <laughs> that's got to go. That's got to go. That's got to go. That, it's like, what, what's wrong with my couch? I don't like your couch. It's ugly. It's like, oh, okay. So I took it to heart and I took my couch to the dump. <laughs> I set it on fire. <laughs> oh, the front lawn. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty. Awesome. It's pretty. I've, I've done so much work to that house over the last 18 years. It's, uh, it's like, woo, a lot of work. And I've pretty much opened up every wall, renovated everything. The only floor that's original is the living room. I've never changed that. I've changed everything else. Well, the bonus to all of this is your new house. Is done. Has. There's no projects. Storage space. Yes. For. So I'm excited for multiple reasons. So I'd have to say the primary reason is it's a very big garage. It's, uh, and so I'm going to have a place to, uh, to pamper and baby my canoes, my watercraft. See? And now I can 
Siobhan, stop listening at this point when you're, if you're listening to the podcast. I can now oh, ears. I can mm-hmm. increase my fleet of boats. Increase <laughs> my fleet. <laughs> All right. It's a one-car, 12-canoe garage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, there's no room for cars in there. Wow. What kind of garage do you have? <laughs> I have a two-car garage. Our, car- our garage is actually two-car garage, yeah. but lengthwise, as opposed to, so you can pull one car in and then another yeah. car behind it. So that's sort of, so the original garage, because the previous owner expanded the, did a reno. So there's the main garage, and then it's, he just added a whole new garage on the side of it. So it's a front to back, two cars, and you could drive through one door in the front yard, out through the other garage door into the backyard. So I can drive through my house into the backyard. Nifty. Hmm. Great. So if I want to. See, that's if I wanna, not a good thing, because that'd be too tempting to do at high speed. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't need that mirror anyway. <laughs> but it's great for uh, for my woodworking and my projects, and and for I, I'll be able to build my cedar stripper canoe that I have bundled up in bundles of cedar at my mother in law's basement. <laughs> See, and yeah, like I mean, you've been storing stuff in storage. Yes, I can get rid of my so storage. So now unit. you can get rid of your storage yeah. unit, and every time you want to go use your canoe or switching back and forth between. Yep. Canoe, kayak, Beauty. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, my my watercraft. Well, they're my my current red canoe is so beaten and bumped and dented, and there's a hole in the bottom, a hole in the side. That one, I think, I might just store outside because it doesn't matter anymore. There's holes in the side, and when I did the meanest link, I took that boat and uh, I. Uh, well, that's what you guys had the leak in it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're talking uh, a little bit of water. Yeah. <laughs> See, that'd be a great downhill. Yeah, skiing couldn't hurt it any more than it already is. Canoe. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. Oh, good. that's good, man. That's, that's yeah. I'm excited. It's always uh, exciting to get your get a new house. Yeah, and the old house was just it was getting starting to feel too small for the kids. The kids are getting older; they're having friends over, and it's just the old house was just feeling cramped. Yeah. Well, like I say, if you if you get one that's, I mean, we rented for the first while, while the kids were still small, and then when they started getting bigger, we decided, yeah, it's time to buy a house. Yeah. So we got one big enough that would do us till they leave. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. and then it'll be, oh, this is kind of big for two people. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect for two people and all our stuff. I get the west wing. My wife gets the east wing. That's right. I get the basement, <laughs> the attic. The backyard, the garages, <laughs> the horse shed, the barns, the racetrack, yeah. the, the two lakes, the forest. <laughs> yes, yes. 18 acres yeah, of yeah. land. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, I get the fenced-in backyard already. There you go. <laughs> uh, John is on his way back from the Everglades. Yes, we keep ah. trying to get our foreign correspondent back on the air, but he's been too busy for us. Oh, I tell you, too busy. Things going on in his life. Everybody gets those times where just nothing allows you a free couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so he's hoping that cross your fingers and knock yeah. on wood that uh, he's going to be on next week to let us know about all his. Oh, we could buy him a satellite phone. Is that in our budget? Fill your boots, buddy. (laughs) It's going to be one of those Russian ones with the crank on the side. (laughs) Keep cranking it while you're talking to us. You know, 
But uh, no, so hopefully he'll be on uh, next week. Yeah. Um, I've been looking at maps. Have you? I have been. Killarney. I'm thinking maybe the top end of Killarney. Because everybody hits the, the main part of Killarney, right? Yeah. Like uh, they go in um, towards the town of Killarney. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking maybe trying the north end. Because Killarney now just packs up super fast. I've Yeah. You know, I've thought about over the years going in through the upper end of Killarney. And uh, it's just so easy to go in through through near yeah. the town or something or drop it in circle Philip Edward Island or you know it's it's all the easy ways but I've 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 looked at the maps and I've considered it and I thought you know what let me do a couple trips to get familiar with the park and eventually someday I'll do the north end so where are you going to go in through the north end I haven't decided yet but you're going to do it I think we're going to do the north end of, of Killarney yeah we're going to do uh Tomogamy in the fall again a uh, couple small trips into Algonquin. I was also thinking about taking a week or so and drive paddle through Ontario. Oh. Like yeah. head to areas I don't usually go and then spend the afternoon paddling somewhere, stay overnight, and then the next morning get up, drive somewhere else for a few hours, yeah. paddle for the afternoon. That'd be nice. Stay somewhere. Yeah. Get up really early the next day, drive another few hours north or east or west or whatever, and just do a circuit through Ontario of different spots. That'd be nice. Yeah. As opposed to, like, not the spots that we usually go to. Exactly. And you can hit more spots. It's like, hey, I've always wanted to... What was that? That's that big Kakabaka Falls. Oh, Kakabaka Falls, yeah. This is you get to see it from the water. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of areas where it's like, man, I'd love to come back here and paddle someday. It's like, well, you do a week-long trip and you hit all the little nice spots. Yeah. Yeah. Just pick a bunch of small little spots that are great for day trips. Yeah. And then just go do them. Huh. That would be brilliant. Brilliant, I tell you. Brilliant. (laughs) I don't have bad ideas. Yeah. Misguided ones, but not bad ones. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I, I'm unsure (laughs) about this beer we're drinking tonight. Yes. Steady Horse Pale Ale from Manantler Brewery, which is in in Bowmanville. You pick it up on your way through. And it looked good, pouring it into glass. And then the last little bit, there's all these chunks of something that... I think you're supposed to shake the can before you pour it to get it all mixed in. I, I, I'm i not sure if it's plaster of Paris or... <laughs> or well, I shook my can up and just comes out cloudy now. So that's where all the flavor... It's, uh, it's They're called flavor bits. It's called chunks. <laughs> Picture <laughs> bad milk. Oh, yes. But yes. a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not one to yeah. turn down a beer, though. My beer is settling out. Mm-hmm. It's stratifying. I think my beer went sour. But hey, you know, beer's a beer. Good stuff. Uh, anything else happening? Not much. I've been solely focused on uh, getting the houses just recently staged and actually not even living in it right now. Living so. with the in-laws. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is good. Joy. It's good. Yeah. Built-in babysitter, though. Yes. Built-in babysitter. Yeah, temporarily. Like that. Temporarily. Yeah. <laughs> what if, why don't you just move in? Well, I can't live with her. Why? <laughs> Nobody wants to live with their in-laws. 
look at the as the in law living with you, <laughs> but in her yes. house. Yes. <laughs> Could have saved a fortune. I do like her house. I like that there's no stairs. It's a bungalow. I don't think I could live in a house without stairs. Yeah? Yeah. I want to someday. Really? My retirement plan is to live in a bungalow. That'll be my third house. My retirement plan... Ah, who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Unless I win the lottery. Unless I win that lottery. <laughs> my retirement plan is is maybe like an old fridge box and a canvas tent. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, I will though, speaking of living with people, I might be going to visit my brother at the end of June, maybe the 2022 Tim Hortons Ottawa Dragon Boat Festival is happening in Ottawa, Moody's Bay Park, which I don't think is too far from my brother. Uh, registration now open. Spaces are filling up fast. 44 teams have already pre-registered. Wow. June 23rd to 26th event. The 29th edition of the Tim Hortons Ottawa Dragon Boat Festival, one of the most prestigious dragon boat festivals on the North American dragon boat calendar. How many more times can they say dragon boat? <laughs> 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 There's a lot going on with dragon boating this year, it seems. Like every People time you're... are fighting to get out of their... It's like like bears coming out of hibernation. It's like, yeah. oh, you got to get me some berries. But, I mean, there's always, like, all these different races and festivals. Yeah. But there just seems to be an extraordinarily uh-huh. large amount of dragon boat stuff. Yeah. Clubs yeah. And, and races and festivals and... yeah. Is all in the news. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, maybe somebody's... I don't know. Dragon Boat Canada Race Series event is held on the Rideau River at Mooney Bay, Mooney's Bay Park in Ottawa. Uh, marks the return of in-person competition for the popular regatta. Participants will have the opportunity to join paddlers from all skill levels, from beginners to world champions as they compete for greatness in a variety of divisions, including the Sioux Holloway Cup, Breast Cancer Paddlers Cup, Pride Challenge Cup, as well as the introduction of the new Dragons and All Cancer Paddlers Challenge Cups. Huh. So it's not like you just go and, okay, well, there's one cup, there's a whole bunch of heats, whoever wins yeah. gets, gets the cup. Yeah. There's all these different levels, and they all have different uh, uh, trophies to, uh, to take, which is pretty cool. And they say sports crews from all North America will come to face off in the Sioux Holloway Cup, named after Olympic medalist and Canadian Sports Hall of Famer uh, Sue Holloway. Teams are focused on their training right now as they compete for the 13th uh, IDBF Club Crew World Championships, which will be held in Florida right after this event. So they're, I guess this is sort of a warm-up for the World Championship, yeah. right? Which is pretty cool. New in 2000, and I was looking for pictures on this. I didn't find it. New in 2022, the festival will be showcasing a dragon boat trainer called the Dragonfly. These it's a two. A two-person person. watercraft developed by Canadian companies Bear Mountain Boats oh, and Novacraft New. 
Peterborough locals. Mm-hmm. I, I must have just totally missed yeah. the, Missed it. Uh, first tested during the pandemic, these prototypes don't resemble the look of traditional dragon boats, but replicate the training technique. Huh. So that's going to be uh, kind of interesting. interesting to see. And they're uh, returning as a popular multi-sport paddling event. Competition includes divisions for OC1 outrigger canoes, stand-up paddle boards, surf ski, uh, one uh, single skull, the kayak, and canoes. So one of the world's world's premier regattas featuring days of racing and four days of artistic programming. And that's the thing I've noticed with dragon boating is they tend to build it around a festival. Yes. Or I guess build a festival yeah. around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To include everybody. You, like you're not just just there to see the dragon boat racing. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that that you can see at the same time. Um, the event offers free admission to a variety of artistic programming, which reflects the rich diversity of Canada's culture. Prominently featured are presentations from heritage performers, dancers, musicians, artisans, and family entertainers, marquee concerts, amusement attractions, sports demonstrations, variety of artisans, exhibitors, delicious culinary treats. Okay, you have me now. (laughs) (laughs) Food. (laughs) Beachside bar. Okay, you definitely got me now. Children's area and nonstop racing in community, corporate, and competitive divisions. Well, right I, that's that's pretty cool. And of course, I mean, the, and everybody's putting this disclaimer now. Festival will be following all health and government guidelines uh, regarding the pandemic, um, which is you know seems to be part part and parcel with anything anymore. But but yeah. dragon boat race, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's what a four hour drive, five hour drive from here. Uh-huh. Yeah, pick up my brother on the way. Head over and watch a bunch of racing for the day. Huh. Hmm. That sounds like a good weekend. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> get up really early, get there for Saturday morning first thing, watch a bunch of it during the day. And so this is like a uh, considered a training event for the uh, International Dragon Ball Festival that's going to be held in Florida. Mm-hmm. The biggie. Uh-huh. 13th Club Crew World Championships. Cool. But these guys, I mean, they go all out. I mean, oh, people, yeah. I mean, especially from the Asian countries, when you start watching them going. Yeah. Like, I've watched some of them, those teams go. Like, yeah. you, you just Google it in YouTube, and all these dragon boat races come up. The speeds these guys get. And oh, the, it's crazy. The longer. Yeah. And what's the uh, the offshoot? The snake boat racing? Oh, Remember that yeah. one? Saw the snake boat Crammed racing? into a wall. Yeah. They're going down the little canal thingies with... With curves. Very narrow canal, curvy, yeah. and it's like a hundred foot long canoe. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with a dragon boat, but just yeah. longer, narrower, yeah. crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they, they need to have like full contact sort of yeah, yeah. dragon boat racing. <laughs> I think we need to come up with rules and submit it to some sort of governing body of dragon boating. But here's our idea, guys. Just listen to me now. <laughs> no, just hang on a second. Just hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> no one has to die. <laughs> but. It would really sell it if it somebody sell did. sell it if somebody did. But, you know, no one has to. <laughs> At least lose an arm. Yeah. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, June 23rd to 26th. I'll uh, let people that, that are in the Ottawa area, any of our listeners, I'll let them know if I'm going to be down that way. Uh, but right now, because that's the weekend after Father's Day. Yes. 
So I think yeah, right now I'm leaning towards going there for the Saturday. So I will, yeah, I'll, uh, well, and if you look at our Facebook page, I'll probably do some, some posts while I'm down there too. So if you want to hunt me down and say hello, I will, uh, I'll probably be there. Um, have you seen pictures of the two man dragon boat? No, I, I did a quick look for them, but I mean, not really a full on look for them, but, uh, why do you got a picture there? I'm trying to find it now. I'm just, it's, I'm very curious. So, so yeah, all these photos of show, uh, I'm thinking it's going to be a, like a wider skull type boat, like just so you'd be staggered off, off center, but there, there's no. Yeah. Because huh. they say it's, it's not like a dragon boat, but it's the same training regiment. So it's yeah kind of hard to, I, I may have seen it and not even known I'd seen it. The big thing though is like with dragon boat racing, it's like a team effort. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, like 12 people type thing on board. But I I even know people. I've never done it myself, but I know people that, oh yeah, I went out and did it. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, really? You don't look like the kind of person that would do dragon yeah. boating. Oh, it was great. We'd meet, we'd meet twice a week and train, and then on yeah. weekends we'd have a competition somewhere. Yeah. And All right. I, I went out for a couple times. I joined a, a preliminary joined a team. I said, hey, I just want to check it out. Yeah, come on out. So I, I think I paddled like three times, and it's just, I don't know, it, it's it's a lot of work. Can you I want be the drummer guy? You want to dum, vomit dum, afterwards, dum, right? Dum, dum, dum. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just didn't stick for me. It was like, but that was like years, like 15, 18 years ago. And it was just, it didn't stick. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah. I wanted the leisurely paddle. I'm lazy. See, if I was doing <laughs> a race, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it with 50 people. It's a, yeah. You know, like, like I wouldn't want to do it with that. Maybe one or two other people in a boat, like yeah. a... Um, an outrigger or something like that, yeah. with a couple of people or something. But you'd have to your timing. I, I think one of the things that bugged me the most. I, I don't want to say bugged me. One of the things that didn't work for me is uh, is you your timing has to be perfect because everybody's yeah. paddling in unison. So it just took a couple times of me whacking the person in front or back, my paddle striking theirs. You know, getting dirty looks from this like, whoa, dude, my first time out. Give me a break, right? So it's like, oh, my guys. fist in the back of their head. <laughs> <laughs> so they were taking it way too serious, and I was trying to go out for fun. But so it wasn't, it wasn't for me. It was if they had been a bit more relaxed and fun, and they weren't kind of giving me the side eye when I kind of tapped their paddle as we're trying to race. And it's yeah. like, no, this is uh, this is not for me. You guys are way too serious. You know what? They need to have a, a sort of a. Um, Intro boat, yeah, yeah, whole bunch of bad. Okay, people. all you losers over there exactly. that want to try this, come here, right? I'd be in for that because then it'd like it'd be a blast. It's like you know, like uh, like uh, bring your own paddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just here for the beer. <laughs> <laughs> and then if I got good, maybe I might join a good team. But yeah, it, it was uh, they were way too serious that, about yeah, it. Yeah, that that really dissuades you from yeah. You know, but I, that's the same with canoe tripping. I've been on canoe trips where people are like, boom, 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 boom. This yeah. way you do it. This way you do it. You got to do this. You can't yeah. do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's a <laughs> canoe trip. Yeah. It's to relax. Go have fun. Yeah. Go at your leisure. Like, but everybody paddles trips. Everybody has different, different right? ideas of how things yeah. should be done, right? So, yeah. yeah, you do your thing and I'll do mine and. 
And uh, your thing and my thing was not Dragon Boat, so I'll move on to something else. That's right. So <laughs> Snake boating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything with more contact? Yes. <laughs> Can we aim at inflatable, those, those, what are those big uh, inflatable things where you jump on it and fly people off? Oh, those big, yeah, those big uh, air trampoline yeah, things. Yeah, air trampoline things. It's like, can we pierce one? I, how fast can we go? Can we make it through that thing? Oh, like, <laughs> if you had a dragon boat and you're ripping down somewhere, and you know the cottages have those big swans and oh, big yeah. inflatables start or taking something? Start them out. Just start <laughs> making a beeline for them. <laughs> the guy in the back that steers. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's got to have a bad day. All right, you know what? Uh, will yeah. cheer me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just somebody in the bow can can hold a jousting pole. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like I say, more contact. Yeah, <laughs> dragon boat jousting. Oh, yeah. I gotta start writing this. Down. <laughs> Dear Federation of Dragon Boats, have I got an, an idea, idea for, for you? you. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Dragon Boat, just picture it. Give me a sec. Just hang on. Let me finish. Dragon Boat jousting. And every fifth guy holds a pole. So technically, you can joust. No, one guy will hang one at one side because you got to have left-handed people on one side of the boat holding a pole and right. So you could could joust with two Dragon Boats at the same time. That would be cool. Yeehaw. And like I say, no one has to die. <laughs> but if you want to sell the event. <laughs> Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of steering dragon boats. Okay. Um, steering a dragon boat takes special skills and the quality of character that only gets better with time. Vancouver Dragon Boat coach Patrick Cooling says it's the legs that go first. He's talking uh, he's talking about aging and why dragon boating is an excellent sport for older people. In dragon boating, you stay seated. That's yep. yeah. Everyone that is except the steerer and he's talking about this while he was on hand to celebrate the 90th birthday. <laughs> Of one particular particular steerer uh, and a cornerstone of the False Creek Racing Canoe Club, Ron McDonald. Ron McDonald and his wife Betty have been 30-year uh, members of the Vancouver Dragon Boating community. I, I, I can't believe Dragon Boating's been around that long. I know, right? Like, it's not something I heard about when... I probably think maybe the last 10 years or so is when I've really started hearing about dragon boating. And of all the sports, I didn't think Ronald McDonald would uh, like Ooh, dragon Ron boating. McDonald. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> 90 years of age, though. Yeah. So and here be, we are His hair wouldn't be red anymore. Oh, be man, like, I'm 50. <laughs> I know, oh, right? I yeah. think I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> what? I have to do stairs? <laughs> uh. So, uh, yeah, so they did, they're doing this, this little talk about this guy here. He says, I love it. 
It gives you discipline and respect to maintain your fitness level, and that's a good focus for living. It also keeps you busy training and preparing for races. He walks daily, hits the gym three times a week, trains on the water as often as possible. He doesn't like talking about himself much, but his teammates and friends do. All of them saying uh, his fearlessness that makes him a great steerman. Oh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you really have to be fearless? Yeah, we can I take guess those helps. guys with the joust. I know. <laughs> I, I, we found our guy, Derek. <laughs> At 90, what's he got to lose? Uh, anything can happen on the water. A big wave can hit you sideways, knock you off course, and in the end, it's the steerer who has to get the boat from start to finish. Is also his legs. At 90, McDonald is an athlete as steady and sure as any 60-year-old. <laughs> we're not even there yet. <laughs> we're being we're being age-shamed. We're being mocked because we're too young. <laughs> uh, the, the This coach says, if he wasn't, he'd be off the boat. <laughs> Pretty harsh. <laughs> if you're not good, then you're, you're gone. Uh, and that's because the steerer is responsible for the safety of every paddler. So there's a photo of McDonald on display, hands on his oar, leaning slightly forward in the upright, bent-legged uh, stance as the back of the boat where he uses his feet fore and aft side to side to keep the boat balanced, body relaxed but ready to issue commands. Huh. I didn't realize that the steerer did more than just steer well i do just stood at the back on left right left right left <laughs> right well i suppose it'd be have to be an intuitive role about uh you know finding the right if you're if you're going against the waves or if you're going sideways in other waves, you got to be able to steer keep the boat steady mm-hmm. yeah that's that's uh, a lot of focus is needed there i thought he was just focused on keeping going straight from a to b or <laughs> focus keeping his heart going yeah and his legs <laughs> up straight because you know he might lose his spot do they stand? They do yeah. stand. Yeah. Yeah, he stands. Huh. But, I mean, he's talking about, you know, keeping the boat balanced and, and all that sort of thing as well, eh? Look at that. Isn't that something? Huh. Steering the Senior C team has taken McDonald around the world to competitions in Hungary, China, and Australia and earned his team a raft of gold medals. Wow. They are coached by former Olympian and world champion paddler Kamini Jane. That's something. Huh. At 90 years of age. That's impressive. That's nice. Hey, uh, Grandma, where's Grandpa? Oh, he's out on the water. Sorry, you can't talk to him. You'll be back later. <laughs> yes. Wow. Well, At 90 right. years of age. See, now, you still now don't have, every week I'm coming up with more examples of why <laughs> you can't say, oh my God, I'm so old. <laughs> you're not old, well, you're out of shape. He's living the good life. He's living the right life. Yeah. Him and his wife. Yeah. She, what, what did I say? She's 87? Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Good on them. Good yeah. on them. Keep going and I hope I can go. be half that uh, mobile and functional at, at 90. <laughs> at I can tomorrow. Make it, if I can make it. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> to be that mobile tomorrow. Yeah. Huh. Good for him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we've talked about paddling at night. The Red Bull Midsummer Vikings, it's called. Third year running, six-time stand-up paddleboard world champion 
Casper Stein Faith uh, invites paddlers of all levels to Copenhagen, well, June 18th and 19th. Oh, Father's Day weekend. Sorry, can't oh. make it. <laughs> can't make it. Celebrate the Nordic Midsummer and Team Spirit. 2019, he uh, started this thing with 150 paddlers. And this year, he hopes for 500 of all levels on the starting line on Saturday, June 18th, when the third edition of the only 24-hour stand-up paddleboard relay race race, uh, in the world starts. So how long's your leg? Like you, you're not up for 24 hours. So it is a relay race. You have relay some race. time. Five, uh, five kilometers. Um, at the Red Bull Midsummer Vikings, the participants will experience how it feels to push themselves to the limit, as the teams must paddle for 24 hours consecutively. And I believe it's five people per team. Yeah. Uh, 24 hours consecutively around a five kilometer circular course, both in daylight and in darkness. Wow. Yes. Each team consists of three to five paddlers and it is up to each team to decide how often their paddlers will take turns during the 24 hour challenge. So I would think, you know what? The first guy, he can go 10 kilometers. Next yeah, guy can go 10 kilometers. Two loops. Kilometer. Okay. You're you two know, laps. Yeah, I'm you two, do laps. two laps. You do two laps. Everybody does two laps. And At around 1 a.m. It's one, one lap. lap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cross over there. I'll meet you at the halfway mark. <laughs> that sort of deal. Uh, so he says, when I paddled across the um, Skagerrak Ocean in 2018, I felt the power of being on a team. I was, uh, I was the only one paddling, but the crew around me gave me a taste of that special team spirit feeling and made me believe we can all take on great challenges when we have a strong team behind us. I want to bring that to the world of stand-up paddleboarding, he says. So that's why he, he started this whole thing. Is Let's get all these people out there, do a team thing, get that team spirit. We'll celebrate the Nordic midsummer. Have a great time. So our goal is to create a world-class and fun event, not just on the water. When you set foot onto the event site, you'll be stepping into another world. Oh, Delicious food, <laughs> live music, and the atmosphere of a vibrant festival. We aim to make our participants forget about the outside world and be totally immersed in this colorful 24-hour adventure. That sounds actually sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Doesn't it? And since you're not doing it 24 hours alone, it's like at least you get breaks, right? So there's five up to five-band teams. So that's not too bad. So maybe you're on the board for like a half an hour at a time. Then you get like, you know, you get like an hour, hour and a half. I wonder if we can have a ringer. Like <laughs> if you and I started paddleboarding this year yeah. and got good, adequate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we could maintain our balance. Yeah. On and then we say we got Warren King from a paddle go. sports on our team said, we're heading over. Are you coming? Yeah. <laughs> like he'd be the ringer. So would we be in the beginners, the middle? I don't think uh, he would even let us on his team. <laughs> well, shush. <laughs> Have I mentioned stand-up paddleboard jousting? <laughs> How do you paddle and hold uh, the ball? <laughs> but no, that'd be that'd be cool. That'd be cool to do a twenty-four hour yeah thing, right? How exhausting would that be? 
You've, well, you've taken a lot of cat naps. No, because if you're one of five people, how long is it going to take you to paddle, stand up paddle or five kilometers? I don't know. Right? 15 And then minutes? you got four other people to do that yeah. same five. It's going to take you more than 15 <laughs> minutes. Well, it'll take me three hours. Now, see, so everybody else is rested by the time you get back. <laughs> Remember yesterday when we paddled? <laughs> Every team is, is 10 loops ahead of us. Yeah. Okay. You're there for the fun and the excitement there you go. and the experience, Darren. It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you had fun and how you played the game, Darren. Hey, look, Derek's out there having a nap on a set of pedal board. Like Derek's getting his participation medal. <laughs> participant <laughs> uh but no when you know and that's the whole thing i've been noticing with some of these things they're they're turning things into festivals yeah so it's not just okay let's go we're gonna race uh, point it's a, not a pure a, sport he, he, intended he, 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 yeah it's like hey let's have two. some food yeah. and beer tent yeah there's a and, whole thing for the whole yeah. family to yeah. enjoy sort of thing get people out there get vendors out there selling equipment and gear food. and and food 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 <laughs> Uh, but I really like that when you, like you say, you start getting a whole festival around the whole thing. Is it, it just adds to it, right? Uh, the social part of the Red Bull Midsummer Vikings makes the event special and unique in the world. Participants have a lot of time left at the venue to be together with friends and family, and that's what he's sort of pushing, right? Is the yeah. friends, family, team spirit, that sort of thing. Uh, you meet people from other clubs and countries, and you have time to talk to them. It's fun and intense. Course consists of a five-kilometer-long lap around uh, an artificial. The artificial. I'm gonna totally mispronounce this. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Amager Strand Park. Amager Amager Strand Park. In the heart of Copenhagen, there's a nice flat water on the inside stretch, and a slightly choppy waters on the outside. And even though it can be choppy, the course is not difficult or dangerous. And don't worry, the professional water safety team will take good care of you around the clock. Now, there is Patty Boyum from the Swedish team paddled it. It barely gets dark at night in mid-June in Denmark. The sun barely dips under the horizon and it's only twilight darkness for a few hours. That is part of what makes the Red Bull Midsummer Vikings so unique. I'll never forget when I came to the finish line after a great evening lap. The sky was colored red by the sunset. The band was playing and all paddlers and spectators were finally together again. So, um, you know what? We've talked about paddling. and You know when you're out for the day paddling and you're, oh, I better be getting short because the sun's going to be going down. And you're losing daylight. The sun's below the horizon. Yeah. It's got that orangey brown look to it. And you're like, ooh, I got to get there. It's but it's like that like, for like yeah. hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm losing daylight still. <laughs> yeah. I was losing daylight six hours ago. What's going on? But paddling in that, I mean, it's not fully dark. Yeah. You know, that's that's an awesome time to paddle. Uh, equipment only 14 foot, bo- 14 foot boards and under are allowed during the event. Leash is mandatory. Life vest or PFDs are strongly recommended. Flashing red light on your back body is mandatory between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m. They say you can share the, the light and you can share the board. So if you only have one board for the team. But they say, you know, you probably want to bring one for everybody because there's a couple big laps that they do with everybody so that sort of thing uh 
Uh, for more information on the Red Bull Midsummer Vikings 2022, you can find that at redbull.com. That sounds pretty cool. Very cool, yes. I, I think that'd be a cool thing to attend. It always surprises me that, uh, like, we think we've tapped out the depth of knowledge to, <laughs> to do this podcast, and there's constantly new things new that things we're discovering. Out. Yeah. Uh, one of our listeners, Ivan, uh, he sent this uh, a little note to me saying, you might want to check this out, because we sort of talked about, we've talked about this sort of thing before, uh, different court cases and stuff that came up. Uh, so thanks, Ivan. Uh, New Mexico Supreme Court ruling. The Supreme Court of New Mexico has agreed that a game commission rule that allows landowners to restrict access to water that flows through private property is unconstitutional. Oh, there you go. So that's the whole thing. There was that big court case where the guy was taking pot shots and people putting up fences across yeah. their, their ways. Blockading, saying, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the it was, you can have your boat in the water, you just can't touch the bottom Right. Yeah. So the the land. You can't step out. Yeah, the land is owned, but the water's not. Yeah. So you can't actually step out of your boat because the minute you stand on the ground, you're on private. Property. You're on private property. There's all there's all these different rules and that throughout um, the states and everything that people get into, and you're they're just like, um, okay. So ruling in the stream access case represents a victory for kayaking and fishing groups seeking to preserve public access to the state's waterways and a defeat for landowners who saw the rule as a key to protecting private property rights. And that's been, I mean, like I say, there's there's been numerous cases for this. Well, when John was paddling was it the lower Wisconsin and they came across that one section that somebody had put barbed wire across. Oh, yeah. Because the one guy almost got beheaded yeah. by it. Yeah. Right? Um, and yeah, people saying, you know what? No, this is private property. The stream may go through here, yeah. but it's private property. You can't go. So they're saying, well, no. The court unanimously agreed that the rule is contrary to a constitutional reading of a 2015 state law. The previous state game commission used that law to issue five non-navigable water certificates to landowners, some of whom posted signs and built fences through the waterways. Yeah. The court will order an issuance of order declaring that the certificates issued pursuant to the rule are void. So basically, they were, they were told, private property, you can do what you want, bar, bar people, tell them they're trespassing. Yeah. Well, now they're saying, uh, yeah, those... It doesn't make sense. If the water runs through it, you can't you can't dam up the water. The water flows freely. Mm-hmm. The people should flow freely on the water. Yeah. Yeah. Seth Cohen, an attorney for groups that sought to overturn the rules, said public's constitutional right to make recreational use of the public water includes an incidental right to touch stream beds or riverbanks. It is nearly impossible for most stretches of most rivers in New Mexico for the public to enjoy uh, that public use right guaranteed in the Constitution with this rule in effect. Yeah, and if you're trying to paddle through somewhere that's shallow, yeah, you're making use, you're out having a good time, you're making use of public 
waterways. At some point, you may have to get out. When we go up Duffins Creek. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. There's, there's yeah. spots where we have to get out. Yeah. That goes through the golf course. So if the golf course owns that land underneath, we get wedged up on a sandbar. What are we supposed to do? Stay there forever. Exactly, right? Or wait till yeah. the ice comes in and then walk on the ice because it's, <laughs> you know. A uh, spokesman for the governor uh, said the ruling provides needed clarity on issues of stream access. Several ranchers and landowner groups argued that the rule should stand as a way to prevent trespass and preserve sensitive stream beds. Now, see, I think that's, they're using that as a, I mean, I don't know for sure. My, my opinion would be that they're using that as a, uh, an excuse, but if they can prove that, you know, like that, one of the things they talk about a lot is, is fly fishing, right? Um, if there are. Um, sensitive areas in the rivers or streams to wildlife, aquatic wildlife, that sort of stuff that need to be protected, then you know what? Yeah. Yep. Keep people out of that area. Which means landowner as well. Which means the landowners as well. So, you know, if you're, if this is going through your cow pasture, then you better be blocking your cows from going to it too, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, this isn't limited to just fly fishing. Uh, one land, the landowner attorney said the right that the petitioners are seeking is a broad recreational right. Western landowners Alliance said that the rule had provided clarity as to what authority landowners and law enforcement had to protect specific stream segments. And without that clarity, disputes and conflicts will undoubtedly continue. So the landowners are saying, well, now that this is gone, there's going to be arguments and fights and disputes and, yeah, exactly. and all of that. The coalition says landowners have helped to restore fish populations and protect streams on their property from overuse. But see, that's that's something completely different. Yeah. You know, like if there's certain areas that should be protected, then protect it. But that's not every single spot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you can't just protect the entire segment of the river or the creek. No. Or, you know, just say, okay, well, sorry, this river runs through my property because other people are, yeah. may have have to protect areas. Well, you can't go through mine either. Yeah. And that's basically by the sounds of what, what's been happening. So, yeah, you, you need to have a legitimate claim that, yeah, this needs to be protected. Uh, as a result of development, recreation, and intensive agriculture, we continue to lose wildlife habitat and wildlife species at an alarming rate. Yet people continue to demand more and more access to places where wildlife have traditionally sought refuge, including on private land. Justice Shannon Bacon. Mm, good name. Mm-hmm took issue with landowner arguments about limits to the public's right to use water. If you can't walk on the stream bed and use your enjoyment protected by the Constitution, uh, sorry, if you can't walk on the stream bed and your use and enjoyment protected by the Constitution is your ability to fly fish, unless you can figure out how we can all walk on water 
How is that not contrary to the use and enjoyment of the public? There you go. Which is exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what I was saying there earlier is, like, you know what? Yeah, if, if if I'm on the water and at some point I have to get out of the boat, <laughs> can't walk on water. Yeah. Uh, when Justin Bacon asked if the issue is one of great public importance, Commission Attorney Aaron Wolf said, it's a matter of balancing the public's right to use uh, to these waters versus private ownership of land. I think private ownership of land that covers waterways is increasing dramatically in New Mexico and many out-of-state people are buying up large properties uh, large property. property parcels yeah. of property hmm I uh, said so the court will issue an opinion outlining full reasoning for the ruling so yeah you know what I think I think there's two issues at play here. One being it's it's a waterway. People want to canoe, people want to kayak, people want to stand up paddleboard, people want to use the waterway. People want to go for a nice day paddle with the family, get out, enjoy nature. The other issue is protecting stuff, protecting fish spawning grounds and stuff like that. I think both can be accommodated. Yes, they can both both you know uh, Use the uh, area simultaneously. You see this issue, and I've seen it crop up a lot over the last past few years. And uh, like, there's uh, out in BC, there's a uh, there's a multimillionaire guy. He he bought up all the properties around a lake, and so this was a large lake. It was surrounded by multiple properties, and uh, he bought them all out, and claim that since he's the sole owner of the properties that surround the lake, the, the right-of-way access should no longer apply. And so he blockaded the road and it had to go to court. I don't know if it's ever been decided, but at the time there was a, there was a back and forth and nobody really knew. I'd have to look it up to see who won, but it's one of those things. It's like he it can't be he who has the most money wins, right? If uh, When it comes to public asset, access to uh, to waterways, it really should be, uh, like you can't own the water. Like if a river runs through something, it uh, you should be able to paddle along that river or creek. But if you can't get to that body of water without crossing somebody's property. Then that means nobody has access to it except the private op- property owner. Yeah. Like if it's a big enough lake and you know what I mean? It's It's really... But if I fly my plane into there, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I wonder, like, do you if you own all the property surrounding lake, does that mean you own the lake? No, I don't know. You own the land under the lake. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> better not catch a hook. That's right. <laughs> hey, that's my log that you hooked on to. So I'm sure you know. Once this starts, you know, everybody else starts looking at things like this, and yeah. It'll start going from place to place. And this place. is an age old. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what country, what continent, you know, what province, what state, whatever. This is an age old question. This it keeps coming up about about right to access. So this was also just wasn't we? Didn't we read a case about this in Ireland as well, just recently? And well, Ireland was it Ireland or Scotland that did the. You have to freedom let people roam or something. Free, freedom, freedom to, to roam. roam. And so in that case, that was not just waterways. That means Everything. you can walk. Yeah, you just have to make sure you're not 
infringing on somebody's. Yeah. Like you can't go park your tent under somebody's window. Exactly. You can't start digging in somebody's backyard. Yeah. 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 Um, and you know what? That That's just respect and, it, you know. Really, like, it does need to come down to that. Respect. Yeah. Everybody needs the mutual respect, right? Yeah. And there's such a lack of it in the world these days. Yeah. And then you get the ones that just go overboard. Like they say, the guy, people are going on the river, have a nice little drift down and he starts taking it, pot shots. I know. So ah, yeah, we covered that. Dip. That was like a year and a half, 18 months oh, ago we covered yes, that episode. That's been going on for a couple of years. Yeah. Now. It's like, whoa, wait a sec. That's like, just overboard. This is, this, this is like way over the top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At that point, there's an issue. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So we'll see uh, what happens with this one. But, uh, if, you know, right now you're allowed to step out of your boat. Yeah. In New Mexico only. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Australia. Remember we were talking about the guy in Australia who used a canoe to... Save Zip across and in save his waters. cows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In flood waters. Yeah. Lismore, New South Wales, Australia. It's about those people in Australia and they're flooding right now. Yeah. First they had all the wildfires a couple years ago. Now it's flooding apparently. <laughs> Braden Love has been navigating the flooded streets of Liz- Lismore in a kayak. Kayak? Yep. Um, looks like it was an open-faced kayak. Open-faced? Open. It's <laughs> like an open-faced sandwich. It's like an open-faced sandwich, but different. Uh, <laughs> sit on top. Well, I don't know where it got open-faced. For some faced reason, from. I was thinking it was a stand-up paddleboard. There's pictures, and it looks like a stand-up paddleboard, but yeah. it's a kayak. So how many so, how many cows can you fit in a kayak? Well, <laughs> I think you could probably fit at least five. It depends on but how they're have ground to be and wrapped. Small, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it depends how big your cooler is. <laughs> so he put out a post. There's been you know a lot of flooding. Uh, town was flooded after heavy rains. He made a post saying that he was going to go out on his kayak, and if there was anybody that needed help, to let him know. So he went out and. Um, he helped a couple of the people. He wasn't like, you know, tootling them all over it. Yeah, all yeah, over the yeah. place. But he was helping them get out to dry land. Exactly, yeah. And he found that there was a lot of animals. Yeah. Uh, he says, it's been a real rough couple of days here for a lot of people and a lot of creatures. I tried to go out and get as many as I could. I found a lot along the way in the water from cows to bush turkeys, dogs, and cats. It's a lot of damage and a lot of stuff underwater. Now, bush turkeys look like a cross between a turkey and a, a vulture. Because <laughs> what, what's a bush turkey? I thought yeah. it may be a funky word for chicken or something. Yeah, I had to look it up. It, it looks like, like a turkey, <laughs> but then there's like this yellow ring, thick around, ring yeah. around his neck yeah. and a, a red neck and a red head. It's like he, it's like a turkey that's wearing a yellow life preserver and uh, he dipped his head in red paint. Yeah. 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 Weird looking bird. Weird looking bird. <laughs> now, so he's going to rescue a bush turkey, I guess. Either the bush turkey knows it's being saved or they're just not a violent creature. I'm guessing. Because <laughs> like, they don't, I, I don't think they keep them unless they're keeping them as well. Because everything we saw about yeah. them is they're wild birds. They make these big mounds and anyway, regardless, uh, he's able to get some places that larger boats couldn't. And in some cases, he would paddle right into a building where we'd hear the animals calling out. 
<laughs> so you get in somewhere and you hear Probably a dog. inside somebody's barn. It's like, <laughs> any cows in here need rescue? you <laughs> But he'd hear the cats yep. caught up yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. and dogs and yep. all that. Cat would be up in the hayloft. Hey, come on down, buddy. I'll get you to safety. Yeah, and that's all he's doing. He's getting I, he didn't. They didn't say if he was actually taking him to like a certain place or anything Just high land probably but yeah, yeah take them high land pass them off to people saying hey here's There's only problem. so much food if it's if you're caught on the roof of a house it's like well the food's going to run up pretty yeah. quick but uh, you know if you can get them to dry land a hill area then at one point he came across a, a rescue search and rescue boat yeah and they're saying what are you doing he says here's what i'm doing i've got a couple of people out i'm he had a dog and a cat on the kayak with him at the time. At the time. And the search and rescue com- uh, guys go, listen, we've got a, a, a dog and a cat here. Can you take them with you while we go look for people? Yeah, we're going to go save people. You take the you, animals. You take the animals. <laughs> so, yeah. So they threw him on and he paddles <laughs> away. They go look at their, their thing. But he spent the, do- the day uh, bringing animals and people to dry land. Well, good for him. That's awesome. Yeah. So kudos to you, Braden Love. Awesome job. <laughs> Uh, I think that's that's all I've got this week. Uh, upcoming events. Oh, yes. Man, it's weird yeah. talking about upcoming events again. It's been so long since we discussed it. Listed them off. And so this is... Uh, so, yeah, it's it's nice to be able to talk about them again. Quite a venture symposium happened the other yep. day. Uh, so that's one, one down and three to go, four to go. Because yeah. I added something here, too. So, Canucopia, Madison, Wisconsin is happening March 13th to, uh, 11th to 13th. So, that's like in a week. Yeah, it's coming up. Because it's, coming yeah, up it's quick. March already, 3rd. Yeah. So, in, what? Yeah, in a week. Um, go to rutabaga.com backslash Canucopia if you want to find out more information about who's presenting, uh, the hours, tickets, all that sort of stuff, both the in-person and the virtual tickets. Go there and uh, find out all the information on that. The Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium is indeed happening. Last yes. week we were, I was texting, trying to get you to keep yes. on talking. Keep talking, I'm, Derek. Keep I'm talking. trying to find info. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Live right across the newswire right Yeah, now. so last week when I was rambling on and on and on, <laughs> Sean was texting and messaging David Baines like, <laughs> I need more info. Can I talk about it live? <laughs> so April 9th, University of Waterloo Theatre uh, of the Arts Building now, when I, I wrote out tonight's notes, they were 90% sold out in less than a week. Yeah, that's crazy. And then by the time we were coming on air tonight, I noticed somebody posted yeah. 10 tickets left. Wow. I don't know if they're selling the full 400 again this year. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, no, he. Uh, I asked David. He said 300 and, 365 tickets available. And there's only 10 left. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. People are chomping at the bit to get out. I know, right? So, yeah, so tickets are, hopefully if you go online now, you might get one. There will be none at the door. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We will be there. We're going to have a table there. Yep. And, um, uh, yeah, we like to throw some sponsor money their way and get a table and chat with people. Because, you know. Yeah. It's nice to be bigger than 
than just yourself sometimes. It's mm. to, to just take part in something. And so I, I always look forward to the... Uh, to this soiree that uh, David Bain and uh, and Matt Olson put on, like it was originally by David, and now he's partnered with Matt Olson. So it's it's nice to be able to support and be a part of that, and uh, see people gather. and And there's the speakers; it's always entertaining. You're learning something new every time you go. And uh, so you've been experiencing it a lot longer than I have. You actually spoke at one eight years ago. Is it eight years ago now? You did Woodland yeah. Caribou. Woodland trip? Caribou. Yeah. Yep. Um, spoken that it's, it's, it's a, it's a well put on event, really, yeah. really well done. And, uh, a lot of people come out for it. a lot of good name speakers. Um, if you go to Ontario backcountry canoe.ca, all the information on the speakers and everything is, is there. So, uh, you can get all the information. Yeah. That's, you know, if you already have tickets <laughs> and you can, there's a link there to get tickets. Uh, you might want to go there. Like now, before 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 this airs, yeah. yeah, go go there and go there yesterday. Go there yesterday. Go there yesterday. Uh, Ontario Backcountry Canoe uh, If you do have tickets, you are coming out. Make sure you stop by our booth and say hello. Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show in person. Still, still yep. saying it's in person. That's what they're saying. April 29th. and I think May they're going to pull it off. I think that's going to happen. I I think so. Yeah. Uh, outdooradventureshow.ca for all the information on tickets, times, places, uh, that sort of thing. I'm I'm tossing up about going, at least the Saturday. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I might, I might go for the Saturday just to see people say hello and all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure I'm ready for the crowds yet. Not that many crowds. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little hesitant about the backcountry canoe symposium, but uh, you know, sitting in the auditorium and stuff. But uh, we'll, we'll see. You know. Yeah, I, I, the way I'm looking at it, you know what? Got to make the leap at some point. You do. You do. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that leap and head on out and check out a few. Th- I'm not even gonna spend the full entire day there like I always yeah. do, and then come back the Sunday. Go kick well. some tires and yeah. see what some they've people, got on the market for canoes yeah. and. New yeah. tents that they've got out and yes. listen to people talk. And Let's go look at all the stuff that we want to buy and can't afford. I know, right? Just and like- <laughs> I think uh, Tracy might be coming with me, so. Nice. I might be able to oh, you know what? We could use that on our next trip. Oh, uh-huh. really? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but hey, I want one. <laughs> uh, so that's the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show, April 29th to May 1st. And then... Saturday, April 9th is the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium. And? It's usually when Salas has their factory sale. Oh, yeah? Uh, life jackets and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Which So we got to choose one or the other. Yeah. And this year, Float Your Fanny Down the Ganny is happening out by you. It's back. 10-kilometer race along the Ganaraska River to commemorate the 1980 flood that crippled Port Hope's downtown area. Canoes and kayaks launch at 11 a.m. So people take their canoes, they take their kayaks, and it's not a nice river. No, it's not. It's bumpy, it's rocky, yeah. it's shallow. It's wide and shallow it's wide. in parts, it's, yeah. It's, it's fast in some parts. You don't want to take a nice boat down there. Yeah. And then at 12.30, uh, the Crazy Craft launch. If you can build it, whether it floats or not, you can take it down. Bingo. So people get a whole bunch of barrels, strap them together yep. and cross their fingers yep. and hope it floats. People dress Make up. Make boats and, out of two liter bottles or yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Uh, that launches at 1230. It, it, it is always a, a fun, a really good laugh to see all that part and people flipping over and yeah. – you Destroying know, their boats uh, and yeah, having a lot of good time. Everybody's out there having a blast. Yeah. Uh, floatyourfanny.ca for more information. Uh, parking tickets. Uh, is there tickets or is it free? I think it's free. Uh, but there's other stuff that goes on. So Saturday, April 9th, float your fanny down the ganny. Uh, and that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting out on the water this year. Yes, I'm. I'm looking forward to some of these shows returning. I'm looking forward to getting on the water. I'm trying to, you know, there's so many trips that I potentially can go on. It's like, man, I have to, you know, I only, I right now I'm overbooked and uh, and it's like, well, you know, like Siobhan was saying tonight before I came here, just telling her mother that, uh, yeah, I find out about all the trips that Derek's going on when I listen to his podcast. It's like, well. <laughs> Oops. So I try not to say too much now. <laughs> so, for instance, that one that you're taking. <laughs> what was it? Cross Europe? <laughs> yes. Through the African continent? Exactly. Oh, yeah. What about the one we're going on in South America in, in April? <laughs> but there's just too many opportunities, and it's nice. It's like the things are opening back up, and big trips are happening again, and something bigger and better is like, you know, like uh, Wabakimi, potential spring trip in Ogalkan Park. Then there's the, you know, so it's just, there's so much thing going on. So many trips. Well, then there's can, just the day trips and evening, yeah. evening paddle. Once the roof racks go on my truck. Yeah. Oh. Pretty much stuck yeah. there. No you rules. Know. No. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, might as well just leave them. Yeah, exactly. Leave them on unless I need to get a truck wash. Then you got to take everything off, get your truck washed <laughs> and put everything back on. <laughs> So don't wash the truck. It does rain once in a while. For lucky. Get out there in your bikini in a rainstorm and wash the truck. I'm not falling for that a fourth time. (laughs) (laughs) Neighbors keep looking. Starting to be wary of them. (laughs) Uh, That's all I've got. You got anything else? I got nothing. You got nothing. All right. I got lots, but nothing I can say. Well, like I say, we're we're waiting. uh, Hopefully, John, things uh, work out and he's... On here next week because I want to find out about his alligator wrestling and and uh, manatee uh, surfing and and all that sort of stuff because you know sounds he's, like he had a great time. He's but not here, so we can say whatever we want. That's right. That's right. He was alligator wrestling. Uh, he was uh, hunting boa constrictors or anacondas or whatever they got released down there, ball pythons and stuff. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and you can listen or download all our episodes there. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. And again, for all those that are going to the uh, Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium, make sure you stop by our table and, and say hello. Yes. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Dirk Specht. We'll see you next time.